0: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. Let the countdown continue. We're only 16 days away from the ever-awaited NFL draft, and I, for one, am finding it just a little bit more difficult to sleep each and every night. Thanks for joining us today. I'm glad you're here. I'm your host, Little wit I'm not accompanied by any of my fellow Bears brothers. Right now, Nicholas Moriano is watching a movie. Brandon Hazlett had technical issues, so he's not here. But don't worry, I'm not alone, as we have two special guests, and they are Aaron Lemming from Barryport and Robert Zaglinski from The Rock River Times, Inside the Pylon, Windy City Gridiron, Pro Football Weekly, and The Athletic. Robert, that's one hell of a resume. Our listeners are probably wondering, how do you do it? But seriously, welcome to the show, man. First time having you on. I'm glad you're here.
1: Great to be on, man. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, long time coming. Should be fun. Uh, uh, bounce all this stuff off of Aaron. I mean, that's what we're here for, right?
0: Exactly. That's what we're here for. And Aaron, you know, for those keeping score at home, this marks your third appearance on the show at like last time we had you on, I believe it was the bye week of last season. A lot has changed since then, but I want to know how have you been, man? And is the Cali weather treating you better than it has us here in Chicago?
2: You know, man, I'm doing good. Uh, I I know this is gonna you guys are gonna look at me like what but it's it was 93 degrees today and For it being the middle of april and how hot it gets usually gets about 115 120 here It's like i'm just sitting here thinking like dude summer's gonna suck So I I guess i'm glad i'm not snowed in like you guys are over there, but I'm still not enjoying 93 degree weather in the middle of april supposed to be like 70s or 80s right now So i'm not overly happy
0: Yeah, you know too bad mother nature can't find a happy medium It kind of split the difference between chicago and california, but We can't control the weather. Uh, At least that's what they say. But uh, all right, guys, I'm excited for today's show. You know, all offseason, you, our listeners, that you have heard the analysis and opinions of every single move that has transpired since Black Monday. And today's going to be a little bit different. So with Aaron and Robert on, it's all about hearing some different perspectives, some different opinions, which, of course, just makes you that much more informed. So without wasting another moment, let's just go ahead and dive right in. Last week we ran through our top five moves that the bears have made this off season so far and as well as a few underrated ones. So guys, I'm curious about both of your opinions here, which move do you consider to be the best and which one do you believe is going to kind of gone underlooked to this point? That's going to have a larger impact than most think and Aaron, I want you to go ahead and kick things off.
2: Okay. Well, I think the best move, at least for me, is kind of obvious. I think it's got to be Allen Robinson at this point. Uh, You know, we've, We've kind of talked, you know, a little bit in the, in the, in the group chat and the different things. And I, I think we all going into free agency, especially that that, that two weeks prior, it's like, uh, you know, you're looking at maybe Jarvis Landry, who's going to be, you know, a trade candidate. And that was it. I don't think anybody expected Robinson or Watkins to hit the market. So I think that was huge to be able to go out and get a number one receiver. There's obviously some injury concerns. Uh, I, I think, you know, with him being so young and with him having a good track record, I don't think that'll be an issue and in terms of underrated move, I think, you know, you look at it and I, I really think the the most underrated move they've made so far, at least in my mind, has been keeping Kyle Fuller. I think that was another one. I think a lot of people looked at it and they said, OK, well, you know, what are they going to do? Uh, are they going to sign him to a long term deal? Are they going to tag him? Are they going to let him walk? And after the Alshon Jeffrey situation, I think people had a bad taste in their mouth, including myself. And you kind of wondered. guys had three so-so years and then one really good year and you you look at it and you think okay well what are they going to do and pace i think played it perfectly put the transition tag on him so you know worst case you're paying him 13 million dollars or just a little bit below but then the packers go out and they write a deal for the bears uh the structure isn't overly favoring for the bears uh but at the same time it's something that you have a young ascending player in kyle fuller who was a former uh first first round pick and you have that guy in your back pocket uh, control for at least two years. And, you know, they, they, it's a four year deal. So if everything works out, then he's going to play on that four year deal and everything will be good. And if he is bad, then you have two years and you can make a move, whether it be a June 1st cut or whatever. But those those are probably my, uh, my moves of the offseason so far.
0: Awesome. Good stuff there, Aaron. And Robert, over to you. Your favorite move that Ryan Pace has made so far this offseason and then an underrated one.
1: I, I know it's been lost in the shuffle recently because he's been, but he's been doing rather. Uh, all these media tours across national platforms. Matt Nagy has to be the best move of the off season. I mean, he's a perfect fit. Trubisky. He seems to be the innovative and energetic leader that this young team needed to finally jump back into re- relevancy and contention. Uh, he's the guy that's going to tailor an offense and, and an overall team back into relevancy. And you, you I think you'll probably see these. The dividends pay off immediately. Uh, as far as an underrated move, I really like the Taylor Gabriel signing. I mean, in many ways, he might have been a better as a fallback option to Albert Wilson. He might be better as the fallback because he's more explosive. He's another home run threat. Now the Bears have two guys that can take the ball to the house literally anytime they touch the ball to Rico and Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel is the kind of guy you can design many packages for. You you can use him as a receiver on the outside. You can use him in the slot, even though that's sparingly, obviously. And uh, you have a lot of guys that tilt the field effectively offensively, which is something the Bears haven't had recently um, as an explosive offense or lack thereof.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Good stuff there. And honestly, when you look at all the moves or the vast majority of the moves that Ryan Pace and the Bears have made all offseason long, they all point to one man, and that's Mitch Trubisky. You know, like you said, Aaron, about Allen Robinson, you know, Robert, you brought up Trey, you brought up uh, Taylor Gabriel. There's just been a number of moves that, have been made to kind of put the kid in a position to succeed and when you kind of sit back and think about all the possibilities I think it's easy for many Bears fans including myself to kind of get carried away with the potential and sometimes we need to take a step back a deep breath and set some realistic expectations and I know it's still early in the off season, training camp still three months away but I want to know what are some real ex- realistic expectations for Mitch in year two as it stands today Aaron go ahead.
2: Well, I think you you look at it and he's got to take a big step forward. And, you know, some people look at realistic and they say, you know, if he throws for 3000 yards and he makes some improvements and that's cool. But uh, my expectations are a little higher. He's the number two overall pick. They traded up to get him. Uh, I don't think they gave up a ton like some people do, but they did trade up to get him. And I think when you look at the situation and what they put him in, okay, you, you take out John Fox, you basically tell every single receiver on the roster that was there last year that was due to be a free agent. We're not bringing you back. They cut Marcus Wheaton. Uh, they turn around. They they make all these signings. Everything, like you just said, has been geared towards Trubisky. Everything has been geared towards Trubisky. Whether that be, you know, the the head coaching hire, whether that be the offensive staff hires that they made, the free agent moves that they made. Everything is geared towards him, and and it's smart on pace because the here's the reality of the situation. Look at a team uh, like the green Bay Packers, for example, they have not had a very good roster the last few years, but the reason that they continue to be in the playoffs outside of this last year. And we saw it was because of Aaron Rodgers. If you have a good quarterback, Mm -hmm. you're usually going to be right in the mix of things, even if the rest of your roster isn't very good. So I think when I, when I look at it and I see what they have around them, obviously some guys are going to need to step up some guys going to need to stay healthy. I'm sure we'll hit on the Meredith situation here in a little bit, but as currently constructed, I'm expecting anywhere from about 3,800 uh, to 4,000 yards. I don't think that's very unrealistic. You look at what they have with the tight ends, with the receivers, uh, Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard, uh, the, all the differencing, everything that they have, I think really kind of points it out. I think the, the touchdown interception ratio is obviously got to come up. I'm, I'm expecting right around 10 to 12 interceptions. I'm expecting over 20 touchdowns. So I think – You know, it's you have to be realistic. But at the same time, I think you've seen the big jump that guys like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff would make. And I I think that's something that Trubisky is going to have to do, even if it's to a lesser extent. That's something that he's going to have to do in year two to really put this team on the right track.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I apologize if you're watching the video and you see me drooling. Just when Aaron mentioned the possibility of 4000 yards out of Trubisky in year two, I couldn't help myself. But, uh, Robert, how about you? What are your realistic expectations for Trubisky?
1: We talk often about that rookie contract window and maximizing Trubisky over the next four years when he's at his cheapest. That's that's obviously if he pans out. And to me, for in that respect, he can't be anything less than a superstar in this time. I mean, he has to take. He has to be at least a top ten to twelve quarterback. Now, what that means in twenty eighteen, that's a guy that's throwing four thousand yards, like Aaron just mentioned. That's a guy that's throwing. Maybe like single digit interceptions, eight to nine interceptions, 10 to 12 picks, something like that. And that's a guy that's completing 63, 64% of his passes while leading an efficient offense, while not having the brunt of the load on him. Uh, Again, everything has, as Aaron perfectly illustrated, is geared towards him taking that next step it's it'll be disappointing if he if he's a failure in any facet he might have a slow start he might have occasional jumps he's still a young quarterback that's that's learning we get that has to be understood um he's going to have bad games i mean every even established quarterbacks are stymied by elite defenses but he has to be the kind of consistent guy that puts together puts together three to four game stretches where he's just unflappable where he's leading an offensive machine maybe he's not always doing the work but where he's the star the key cog that's like like the maestro um and having that kind of year top 10 to 12 years. i mean we are talking we talked top 12 top 10 to 12 quarterbacks that's something like Kirk Cousins that's something like uh a uh, Matthew Stafford he has to have that kind of level of production and efficiency um and i would i'd be surprised if he didn't reach that level at this point based off of how every, how they're structuring everything for him
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Everything's coming into place at least on paper, at least behind the scenes it seems like for Trubisky. I just want to mention don't forget about those two backup quarterbacks as well. They're just going to do so much behind the scenes getting him ready, getting him acclimated in Matt Nagy's system. But guys, another ticket item last week that we kind of discussed, I want to know your thoughts about it. it, is that whole Jordan Howard Instagram fiasco, that whole hoopla surrounding uh, the images going away, the images come back, and I'm not here for your opinions on what that means, what it meant. I don't even want to even get into that. That's just It's still very weird. Confusion's going to persist around it but i want to know like do you guys still believe that a trade still on the table the possibility of it and if so who are maybe some possible replacements or improvements that ryan pace may consider here and aaron uh, right back to you
2: okay well i i mean honestly i i think it could make sense i i think a, a deal could make sense depending on how negi feels that he fits in the offense I think Jordan Howard's a good running back I think in is a pure runner I I really do I think he's a good running back but I think the thing that Bears fans continue to overlook and it's kind of weird to me that they continue to overlook because we've seen some some meltdowns I guess you could say in in key positions is really his pass catching I mean he's I'd say he's a so-so blocker, um, whatever, but I'm talking, you know, purely pass catching and you look and you see what Andy Reid offenses have been about, which is exactly where Nagy's coming from. And really what the Kansas city offense was about last year. And you absolutely have to have that running back. That's going to be on the field for two or three downs, be able to catch the ball consistently. And that's something that Jordan Howard hasn't done. So I'm going to preface this by saying, I think Jordan Howard's a good running back. I, I, I think without a real option, I don't think they should move him. But if they don't see him as a fit, I do think that we could see a running back in the second, maybe a fourth round. This is a really good running back class. And I think – that if they're willing or if they're looking to make a move, this is the time to do it. Because you look at Jordan Howard's trade value as a whole, running backs don't have very good trade value. You've got two years left on the deal right now. So if you say, okay, this guy's really not going to fit in the offense. We need to get rid of him. We need to go out. We need to get somebody who actually makes more sense for our offense. Okay, cool. I think that's a a sizable risk, especially when you're talking about a young quarterback and you need a consistent running game. uh, You know, But running backs aren't as hard to find. So if, if you want to make that move, do it. But you need to make sure you have that in place. But with Jordan Howard's trade value, I think the, the maximum that they're probably going to give for somebody like him, as good as he is, is probably a third-round pick. So I think the fans also have to keep that in mind when they're looking. He's not going garner, to garner a first-round pick or even a second-round pick. The, the value of running backs just isn't what it is. And so fans have to be realistic. If they want him gone, then they have to understand. And if they, if they want him here, then cool. But you also have to understand the risk behind running an offense with a guy who can't consistently catch the ball.
0: Robert, how about you? Anything uh, different in your opinion there? Or are you kind of thinking along the same lines as Aaron?
2: So taking back off that value,
1: uh, if you if you look at the salaries of the top ten running backs without Le'Veon Bell's uh, franchise tag factored in, which is fourteen million, he'll never get that over a long term deal. No running back will, uh, and the top ten paid kickers. Uh, it's about 6.3 million average for running backs and about like 3.9-ish million for, for kickers. So the gap between a position that plays maybe 12 to 13 snaps a game as opposed to a position that plays, depending on if it's a workhorse or if it's a complimentary guy, 30 or 40 snaps a game, is it's really not that small. So the NFL tells you how much it values running backs through money. And if the Bears don't value Jordan Howard, which again, to say off of Aaron's point that he doesn't catch the ball well in crucial situations, that's factual. That's not an opinion. That's not opinion based. I've seen him compared to Ezekiel Elliott only having six less receptions. Well, he has 13 drops in comparison to Ezekiel Elliott's one drop and Elliott's played and I, like five or six less games over his first two seasons. So With that kind of running back, he's valued even less than other star runners.
2: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
1: And you're going to have to pay him in two years. You're probably going to have to work on an extension for him in a year. Uh, his value will never be any higher. And if you look at continually uh, other young running backs, coming out of the 4th and 5th and late rounds it's really i think it's often overplayed how special it is to find a diamond in the rough at this position because what was what were once 4th and 5th rounders were guys that were getting drafted on early day 2 that the, the position's just become so less valued that those those talents are being pushed down it's not really that hard to find guys in the backfield if the bears wanted to move on from jordan howard now which is if they were going to do it they should do it now they should get. They they should be satisfied with a third or fourth rounder. They're probably going to get a fourth rounder, and they could find another guy in a very deep dra- draft class, like Aaron mentioned, and just continually cycle through that position. This is this isn't going to be. This isn't a priority position. This isn't one of the true core uh, tenants of the team. When it, when it, when it, I mean when it comes down to it, if, if we're looking at it from the grand scheme of things, if this is how the Bears really want to build it, the only two truly replaceable guys on the entire roster and the entire organization uh are, are are nagy and trubisky the quarterback and head coach and and, and the running back in, in comparison to that is so further down the totem pole that, that it's it's not even fathomable how why they wouldn't try to trade for me i know i know that's that sounds very outlandish but um to me for a guy that isn't even versatile I, that, that, that's the way i see it. i would hope that they try to get a, an early day three pick for him at, at this rate he'll, his value will never be higher um he'll be a good running back if they do keep him like uh, again like aaron said he'll churn he'll out 1300 to 1400 yards especially with not, not facing eight man boxes every every single drive every single play um but you know, you can find guys like that. You, he's 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 not that special as as blasphemous as that might seem.
0: No, yeah, no. I, I, totally I totally get, get what get you're getting at there. That, and uh, no, you know, no, for, for me, me. Uh, actually, hold on real quick. I'm getting some. Okay, it went away. I had some negative audio feedback, but we found it. Awesome, cool. Getting back on track. You know, for me, Jordan Howard. Um, I'm an Indiana, alum, so I have a little bit more of a tie to him. Uh, just watching him go from college to the pros, but. And all things, the NFL's a business, and if the Bears end up going a different direction, a better fitness offense, it makes total sense. All right, so up next, we're going to talk about this whole Cameron Meredith situation. How come the Bears haven't matched that offer? They have like one day left, but first, I need to take a quick timeout and tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's something quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, all the Bears brothers have the Seeky Gaps on their phones, and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can be anywhere in just a few tabs, instantly find some seats. I actually just used SeatGeek to look into some tickets for the Cubs game against the Pirates on Wednesday and Thursday of this week. As the weather, it's going to be pretty nice. It's going to be in about the mid-60s, sunny. And on top of that, the app is just so easy to use. You can just click on the game you want, scroll through tickets. You can sort them by the best deals you can find. It's just so convenient. I definitely urge you to check it out because SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. The best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. righty. well, I'm Will DeWitt, joined by my two special guests today, Aaron Lemming and Robert Zaglinski. And we are here talking some Bears off-season stuff. Right now, we just talked about, of course, Jordan Howard the trade stuff, but we're transitioning now over to Cameron Meredith. Uh, last Friday, he signed a two-year, nine-point-six million-dollar offer sheet from the New Orleans Saints, and at the time of this recording, the Bears have yet to match this offer. It's, it's the clock has now struck the zero hour. I think the deadline is tomorrow, which is Wednesday. So, if you're listening to Wednesday, it's going to be today at three p.m. I don't think I'm the only one currently surprised that they haven't made any sort of announcement one word or the other yet. In fact, I'm starting to sweat just a little bit. He's only a 25-year-old receiver. and That's not a ton of money, and we know this kid has solid potential. We've seen it. Just look at 2016 when he has 66 sketches for about 888 yards and those four touchdowns playing with three different quarterbacks. But I want to know about you guys. What are you expecting to happen? And if they say they let him go, is that the wrong move here? Because I'm going to resoundingly say yes. That's a terrible move not to match this offer. And Robert, I'm going to let you begin.
1: Yeah, I think, first of all, to, to set the scenario here, um, I'm not sure why it's so unheard of uh, for the fact that the Bears wanted an extra year of control by putting the original round tender on him. Because if you put that second round tender that a lot of national media perspective has has said that the Bears should have on their 25-year-old number two receiver, uh, they likely don't get any offers. And he probably, if, if we're, if we're, by our expectations, has a nice rebound in 2018 and then leaves as an unrestricted free agent, prices himself out as the Bears might still have some salary cap issues. Uh, you get an extra year of control. He plays well for two years. You can maneuver more salary cap things in 2019, and you can keep him longer uh, at a higher, more productive level. Again, as I mentioned in the previous segment on Trubisky's rookie deal. Um, I still think the Bears are going um, to match, because we haven't heard anything. Just because we haven't heard anything yet doesn't mean um, doesn't mean they're not going to. Uh, this could be them playing uh, with the Saints. Uh, we have to remember that Brian Pace has New Orleans Saints connections. This could be him getting over. Uh, if, if anyone will recall, there was uh, re- negotiations with Josh Hill a few years ago as a restricted free agent. Another former offer sheet that was also taken to the deadline um i'd be surprised honestly if if they let him go because he's such you other way if you don't have meredith who's also another projection in the offense you're counting on Allen robinson coming off of a torn acl you're counting on trey burton who's never caught more than 30 plus passes as your number one pass catching tight end uh you're you're projecting taylor gabriel as a number two and he's probably best as a third wide receiver and then there's also the developing adam shaheen that's a lot of projection meanwhile meredith and all respects is probably the most proven guy even if his best se- even even if his lone most productive season was two years ago because of his torn acl uh it's a, it'd be a huge mistake uh I, it would honestly be a, a, a shocking misstep because pace has literally done in my opinion everything else perfectly this offseason this would be a misstep in letting go homegrown talent cheap really for that matter for number two receiver to pay him around five million uh, or maybe like an extra two million in incentives. Um, I, I don't see Pace making that mistake. I don't see Pace letting Meredith go to his former team in that respect. The, the Bears are in position to keep Meredith, and um, again, it's the best. It's the best possible move. Why you saw them maybe match Kyle Fuller early? That could have been a statement to Fuller. Oh, hey, you're our guy. We're not really gonna mess around. But they didn't officially file the paperwork to mess with the Packers cap move or the Packers salary cap rather until that Tuesday, I believe. So, uh, here it's, it could be just, a, it, it, this is a number two receiver, more of a complimentary guy, not your number one cornerback. It's a little different. Um, I still wouldn't worry too much about it. I know for the fact of the matter is when we to got the air and he's going to panic a little bit.
2: <laughs> well, I, I think, I think when you look at this, I, I, I just don't, I don't see how you cannot match this deal. I mean, it's just, it, there's, there's just no way there's no explanation okay so just to give you an idea of the last two bears Uh, receivers that they signed as free agents before this year that they paid more than what they would have to match with Meredith. And one of them was Marcus Wheaton. We all know how that worked out. And the other Mm. one was Eddie Royal who couldn't stay healthy. Okay. So you look at that and obviously volumes aren't all in the vacuum. I get that. But I mean, I'm just going to name you off some guys here that are making over $5 million a year that I think that Cameron Meredith is either better than or equal to. Uh, One of them is Robert Woods making $8.2 million uh Muhammad Snooze making 7.5. Uh you look at some of these other ones, Travis Benjamin's making $7 million this year. Um, let's see, uh Jermaine curse is making five and a half million dollars. Kevin White is making 5.27 off of a rookie deal. Uh Ryan Grant is making five million dollars a year. tory Smith also making five million dollars a year. So, and, and the same thing with John Brown. So I think when you really look at this. And you say, you know, because there's a lot of people out there, well, you know, the Bears have X amount of money tied up in receivers and they have X amount of money tied up in tight ends. And OK, I get that. They're, they're already I think they rank fourth with uh, money in receivers this year. And I want to say they're like second or third with tight ends. That's cool. But here's the thing. You look at it, and there's two big numbers that really stick out to me, and one of them is a really big one, and that's a quarterback. And right now they rank, I think it's like 26th or 27th with playing, paying quarterbacks between uh, Chase Daniel, between Tyler Bray, and obviously Trubisky. And then you look at running back, and they also rank uh, within the bottom five with that as well. So I think you look at that and you say, okay, you know, the Bears have somewhat of an expensive receiving core, expensive tight ends. But when you actually look at the the, the situation that they have right now, the depth is so much a question. It's unreal. Okay, cool. They have Allen Robinson. They have Taylor Gabriel. Gabriel, at least in my mind, okay, he was a good signing. I get that. And he's he's kind of one of those guys that you can move all the way around. But at the same time, Gabriel has never really put up more than, you know, a wide receiver three type production. And now you're expecting Allen Robinson, who's coming off an Andrea. I understand that Cameron Meredith is coming off of something similar, but you're expecting these two guys to shoulder the load to be completely healthy all season if you let meredith go and then you look at it and you say okay well kevin white's a number three right now or okay let's bring in a rookie a fourth round rookie but what does that really do so I understand that fans are comfortable. They say, okay, we got two new names. We really like them. And I'm excited too. But at the same time, you also cannot forget about the depth. I think the Bears, at at very worst right now, need to make a fourth or fifth round pick with receiver if they keep Meredith. If they let Meredith go, if they let him walk on a deal like this, which I think would be idiotic at this point, then you're really looking at receiver and saying, we may have to go receiver second round. And I think when you look at the overall uh, draft needs for them right now, edge rusher and interior line are two big ones, and I think you got two two picks in the first three rounds of the draft. You got one in the first, you got one in the second. And you've got to find a way probably to get more picks, whatever it may be. But as it stands right now, they've got two big needs and they've got two big picks in the first two rounds. And I don't think it would be wise with all the good that they've done this offseason to turn around and say, OK, you know what? We're going to let Meredith go. And, you know, we're, we're going to take a gamble in the draft because the thing is, is as we saw last year, you're one injury away at receiver from being in a bad position. again. You know, let's just say Allen Robinson goes down again. You don't have Cameron Meredith. All of a sudden, Taylor Gabriel goes from being your wide receiver number three. Projected right now to your wide receiver number one, and now you're relying on Kevin White, who's hardly played in any games, and you got Josh Bellamy on the field again, or oh, no. you know, a fourth or fifth round rookie. It's just I they've got the money. They have $24 million in cap space, according to the NFL Players Association. Uh, I think that's with 66 guys on the roster. They can clear another three and a half million with Drell Freeman once they cut him, which will happen. He's just got to pass a physical that's gonna happen. They've got plenty of money. You look at it next year, Kevin White's going to be off the books. Deion Sens is probably going to be off the books. They have ways that they can maneuver things around. So I understand everybody wants to look at the money, but the Bears are very well set with cap space right now. And at least from my understanding, the whole entire reason why they've kept the cap space they have and not went out and made other secondary moves within the market is because they want to wrap up guys. So I think this would fly in the face of everything that Ryan Pace has said about wanting to keep your own homegrown talent, wanting to, you know, keep young guys, keep productive guys. I understand he's coming off a big injury, but if two different teams, the Ravens and now the Saints who he, you know, he took the, he signed the the, the offer from, if those two teams have looked at him and said, we're going to offer you money, then obviously the medicals have got to be pretty decent or they wouldn't be in this position. So I don't think the medical is going to be an issue. And I, I do think the bears are going to match, but dragging this out as long as it has, it's, it's definitely not something I'm overly comfortable with. And as some people know, it's definitely, uh, you know, my confidence in the move of them matching has, has definitely fallen, but common sense says we're still going to do it.
0: Yep, 19, 18 and a half hours, I think, if my math is correct. I was doing it on the spot. I'm not great uh-huh. at adding math, but uh, what's up, Robert? No, I was laughing. I was just oh, you're Oh, okay. That. I'm, I'm sorry okay I'm making sure that's okay you can laugh that's all right we're allowed to have some fun on this show but uh all right no that was good stuff guys like you said Ryan Pace has done everything right so far this offseason so this would just be an egregious oversight not to even match this offer for Meredith so again 18 and a half hours I think if my math is right so we'll see what happens uh, and honestly most people actually listening to this podcast probably even know so they're going to be a little bit ahead of us here all right so Next up, we're going to talk about the NFL Draft, but before we do, I want to take a moment to ask you to leave a review or show over on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts because we're only 27 away from giving away that Bears jersey of choice. You give us an hour of your week all offseason long and much more during this season, so the least we can do is return the favor and show you our gratitude. Heck, even Aaron, he's left a review of our show, so why haven't you? And remember, leave your Twitter handle so we know how to contact you if you're selected as the winner or email us a screenshot of your review. And lastly, if there's absolutely no way For you to leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, just head over to our Facebook page and leave your review there. We're going to include everyone who does that, and I think there's over 30, 31 who have done so over there. So yeah, no matter where you can leave a review, just do it, and you'll be included for this giveaway. So go ahead. Leave that review. All righty, so let's switch our focus towards the draft, which, like I said at the top of the show, is only 16 days away. I know that you two are ready for the draft, as it's typically one of the most fun aspects of the offseason. Teams are currently finalizing their big boards, and I want to know who is on your radar come the draft. So as it stands today, I want you, and if you haven't came out with it publicly yet, I'm putting you on the spot. Who are maybe two players you want the Bears to pick in the first round? Either it be trading up, trading down, staying at number eight. Really, the choices are endless, and the floor is yours. Robert, go ahead.
1: Well, the first player I'm pretty sure I've been outspoken about him. And it's not really a secret. Is Tremaine Edmonds? I know a lot of people have concerns about him being a raw linebacker. Uh, he's a bit of a bowl in the china shop, and, and how he operates, he's uh, he's not polished at all. A lot of um, picking him at number eight overall, picking him in the top ten is a projection because he's such an athletic freak, I mean he's uh, probably one of the better coverage linebackers I've ever seen. Uh, he, he can stay with running backs. He can stay with tight ends. It's it's also seamless and he does it effortlessly. Um, a a lot of me wanting him for the bears is just the the versatility he'll offer. You, you can line him up on the inside. Um, he's not necessarily, he's not a full-time edge rusher and I wouldn't deploy him there right away, but, um, Depending on how Vic Fangio and company feel about him, you can mold him into that fashion if you wanted to. With, with time, uh, he's he's certainly again 19 years old. He's certainly malleable enough to where you could figure you can figure out a spot for him to play. I, I've said this: if 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 a coaching staff can't find a guy with Edmonds' just natural talent, if they can't find a guy like that a, a place for him to play in their defense, then that's i mean the, the the what's the what's the point of I I know that's a little hyper hyperbolic, but what's what's the point of having the staff? A staff is supposed to develop players. a staff is supposed to put guys in a position to succeed. Edmonds is the kind of player you find a spot for um. And, and and effectively picking him kills two birds with one stone. And you you can run so many different packages, defensive packages, with them. You can confuse defenses. D- playing defense in the NFL in 2018 is all about matchup issues. It's all about confusing offenses in the pre-snap. That's half the battle. because uh, you, you can move guys all over. Uh, Edmonds, to me, it's. I mean, he's. I I'll be dis. I won't be disappointed if they don't select him at number eight because it's obviously not. The, the, there's the, they, they can very obviously pick like Quentin Nelson or something um but I would be ecstatic if they took him because of what he offered and and and, uh, and the potential there uh and then the opposite I've kind of softened on it I'm not I'm not more or less and I'm not enamored with the options that they have at number eight so that's why I've softened on this but uh if Quentin Nelson indeed does fall to number eight I guess that wouldn't be the worst thing uh a lot of the NFL has gravitated towards having dominant interior pass rushers, Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, Geno Atkins, taking someone like Nelson is a counter to that. You saw his comments at the combine, how he wanted to break these guys' wills as a 22 year old rookie. I mean, that's, a, that's a stark thing for a guy who hasn't played at a, prof- at a professional level yet. That's a, that's a, that's high level confidence. And ju- judging, watching his tape, you, you, you're, you're not going to tell, you're not going to tell him that he can't do it because he's a mauler. He's, has some of the best finishing ability I've ever seen from any offensive lineman. Uh, he's an instant plug-and-play starter. He takes away the Bears' interior offensive line needs. Maybe, depending on Harry and his college coach at Notre Dame, projects him at tackle. I'm not going to say that for sure, though, but that would that'd be nice because, to me, a tackle is still more important for as much as the game is gravitating towards the interior. Um to me, it's going to be Edmonds or Nelson, uh, and I'd be shocked. By, I'd be shocked by anyone else. Although Ryan Pace, obviously, as we all know, is is prone to shopping moves in the draft and 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 taking guys that maybe aren't necessarily the highest on everyone else's board. So Edmonds or Nelson for me.
0: Yeah, no, very true about Ryan Pace. Always seems to have something up his sleeve come draft night. But what about you, Aaron? Who are maybe your top two draft desirables?
2: Well, I'd just like to first welcome Robert to the. Uh quentin nelson train Uh, uh, (laughs) i just had to give you crap dude because i remember i think it was the last time me and you did a podcast together i think it was right after we had the nelson discussion and and things have obviously changed i mean you you look at i I think we all assumed that the bears were going to somehow address the interior line within free agency yeah that's yeah and but i think it's at least in my mind it was smart that the bears did because you look at some of the prices that some of these guys went for and it's like okay you're talking average to slightly above average offensive linemen interior offensive linemen like ryan jensen or zach fulton who got crazy amount of money more money than josh Sitton you know annual average value so it's like ah no thank you so i i like the approach uh but you know, obviously, my guy's Quentin Nelson. I have, I am a big fan. I, it took me a little bit because I was right in the same boat as Robert. I don't particularly like the value of a guard at eight. Um, and I'm probably, you know, going to be a little hyperbolic here as well in saying that I think that Quentin Nelson is a generational talent. I, I, I just man, the guy, and I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but it's really hard to find many flaws within his game. Um, he's just, I mean, really, Robert covered it perfectly. I, it, I think the biggest thing for a lot of people is is it's a value aspect, and it's more of why would you take an interior lineman within the top 10? But I think when you look at the Bears' options, which is also something Robert talked about, there's not that many good options right now. I think you're really looking at – because in my mind, just when you throw out positional value, which is you know kind of hard to do in some in some areas, but when you throw out positional value, I think that Quentin Nelson is one of the top three talents in this draft and I like this quarterback class and I I, I would have a quarterback within that uh, that top three for sure, but I think really Bradley Chubb, Uh, I think Saquon Barkley is right there as well. Quentin Nelson and and Josh Rosen, still my guy quarterback. Uh, I I think you could make an argument for any of those guys being in the top three. And I think after that, it, it starts getting a little subjective depending on how you, how you value different players. So, in my mind, man, if, if, if Quentin Nelson drops to eight, I, I think you run up uh, with the card and you hand it in and you, you got yourself a uh, you know a, a really good starting guard. And if they want to move him out to tackle, cool. If not, I'm completely fine with that as well. Uh, and I think when you when you look at another pick, and once again, it's it's tough because I do like Tremaine Edmonds as well. Uh, I liked him a lot more in the beginning. I've kind of cooled off a little bit just because I think his instincts are a little suspect. And, and part of it is, if this was a different defensive coordinator, if this is like James Betcher or something like that, uh, I may be a little bit more confident because I think that Edmonds is a, a freak athlete that can do a lot of different things. I think he's obviously very raw when you talk about you know wanting to put him on the edge as a pass rusher, but I also do think that he has the ability to do that. He's 19 years old. He's still growing into his body. He's got really good speed, really good size. He's just a freak but I worry about the creativity of the guy like Vic Fangio. How would Vic Fangio use him? So he would normally be my pick. And I almost kind of, you know, want to hit myself for saying this because I'm, I'm not a, not a huge fan, but he just seems like somebody the bears will go after. And that's going to be Marcus Davenport. I, Another edge rusher. I, I personally prefer Harold Landry, but I think that Davenport in so many different ways checks so many boxes for Fangio uh, as far as an edge rusher with the length, the speed, everything about him, uh, and and just just the overall profile of what they're looking for. Like I said, the Bears really have two big needs in my eyes moving into the draft, assuming they match Cameron Meredith, and that's it's going to be an edge rusher, which is their top their top need, and then obviously uh, you know they got to get somebody on the interior line or even maybe a right tackle, but. I really think that that Davenport makes a lot of sense for them uh, if he's still there. I know you know the the value is going to be subjective. There's always been reaches. There's always going to be guys that look like great values at certain positions that end up not playing too well. And I think that Davenport's just one of those guys that you're going to gamble off athletic uh, upside, and you're going to gamble off the the fact that he's a big, strong guy. I think he would be a good complement to Leonard Floyd, and the fact that he's a little bit bigger. Uh, he's definitely raw. His pad level is uh, much higher than I'm comfortable with, but I think that you have the right defensive staff to be able to really get him under control and to have him become a good edge rusher. Uh, he, he seems like he's good out in space as well. He definitely played a little bit of outside linebacker in college, uh, you know, and he, so he kind of played that role a little bit. So I'm not overly worried there. And I think the athletic capability kind of kicks in, but I'll be honest, man. I mean, outside of Quentin Nelson, uh, there's nobody that I'm really in love with unless a guy like Chubb falls, Uh, But I think they're just kind of in a position right now where I think the quarterbacks are going to fly off the board before him, which could help them a certain way as long as a team reaches before them as well. But I think they can also find themselves in a position. Let's just say that Chubb uh, Barkley and, and even Nelson are off the board to where, They're going to be faced with uh, taking an inside linebacker like a Roquan Smith, like a Tremaine Edmonds, or they're going to have to reach on an edge rusher, maybe even go after a defensive back, whether that be Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, whether that be Ward, um, even Derwin James at this point. But I think they're bound to be in a very awkward position if a guy like Nelson doesn't fall. So that's why I'm hoping Nelson's a pick.
0: All right, there you go. And you mentioned the Bears' two biggest needs right now, edge rusher and interior of the offensive line. And, Aaron, I'm going to go right back to you because you mentioned it. Say the Bears can solve one, but somehow they miss on the other in this draft. Which one is the bigger pressing need? Like, which one must they solve in order to have any chance of a successful year? Ideally both, yes, but if only one.
2: Edge Rusher, without a doubt. I mean, they, they've got to get that figured out. I think Aaron Lynch is a good signing, but you're also talking about somebody who hasn't really produced the last two years. So I think when you look at it, Leonard Floyd, I like Leonard Floyd. Obviously, we know how Robert feels about Leonard Floyd. My son. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> so but but i think we have to be realistic in 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 knowing that he's probably not going to be that 15 second year guy which is fine he plays a good role but you also have to have good rotational depth back behind him and i think aaron lynch falls into that but i think sam Ocho is he's going to project as your special teams your, your fourth outside linebacker and i really think they need that either that second or third outside linebacker uh i won't lie I'm, I'm not overly comfortable with their their interior line situation right now but at least you have two guys in jordan morgan who's an, an unknown at this point he's a fifth round pick from last year and a guy like eric kush who you can count on to step in and at least start and, and play decently in my opinion i am not high on Horanis grasu at all i don't want to see him starting on the offensive line ever again Same. so i'm going to stick with those two guys but i do think you're in better shape with those two guys versus trotting out let's just say. Uh, You've got Aaron Lynch as your second. You've got Sam Ocho as your third. And you've got Howard Jones or Isaiah Irving as is your fourth. I mean, you're one injury away. If you're not already in trouble, as is, you're one injury away from really being in a lot of trouble. So I think edge rusher is the most important thing that they got to get taken care of. And I think it's going to be addressed very early.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm sorry, Robert, but even Leonard Floyd, he hasn't put together a, a full season yet. So it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. It really is. So, um, all right, so I just want to let fans know who are listening, wondering, hey, Will, who do you like? I want to get there. I want to get there because next week we're planning on having our mock draft special episode uh, where Brandon, Nick, and myself will go through all of our picks, uh, telling you who we believe the Bears will pick. So you'll get there in a second. And on top of that, I want to put a disclaimer because last year the NFL released the schedule a week before the draft. So if that happens, we're gonna do the schedule analysis first, and then we'll go ahead and do the mock draft about three to four days before the draft. So, you know, we'll figure it out. We're gonna be flexible here, trying to be as timely as possible for you guys. All right. So I just have a few more topics lined up. Well, I did initially, but uh Brandon's not here. And I'm gonna and we're kind of pressed for time. So I'm gonna move letter right along to our final segment of our show and answer some fan questions because honestly, we had such an overwhelming response rate. I don't know if it's because uh, Robert retweeted it or what, but it worked out pretty well. And I think people want to know what you guys are thinking. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and go through some fan questions. And the first one comes from at babyfootbears over on Twitter. And Robert, I'm going to let you take this one. He wants to know, would you rather see the Bears finish 7-9 and nine with two wins over the Packers or 9-7 and seven with two losses to the Packers?
1: 9-7 and seven, without a doubt. I, I think the the, the rivalry... I mean, I guess matters, and you want to you want to beat the Packers at every opportunity, and I, and I know that really matters to some people. But if the Bears are nine and seven, that means they're pushing for the playoffs, or maybe even making the playoffs, and incredibly relevant in December. The, the close, I want the you want the team as close as possible to the postseason. If that includes two losses to green bay so be it the, the time will come where the bears will probably have to go actually go through a green bay to maybe even win a championship or to win the division they're not winning the division next year i, I i'll take the team that's closer to the postseason the, to a postseason birth and relevancy in january every single time uh the, the 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 green bay and the rivalry stuff is just is fun in individual moments and it only really mat. but it only really matters if they're going head to head in a playoff game in, in an elimination setting
0: Yeah, no, exactly. That makes sense. nine and seven. I want to complain if we saw that come out of the bears this year, which kind of leads into the next question too, is from David and Aaron, I'm going to go let you tackle this one. He wants to know, like, what do you think of the bears chances of not ending up last in the division? Because it's been too many years to count. I don't even want to put the number out there or else I might tear up just a little bit, but I mean, I'm not the only one. All bears fans are tired of seeing their team at the bottom of the barrel in terms of the NFC North.
2: Maybe uh, man, maybe this is a Homer answer on my part, but I I don't expect them to finish in fourth. I, I could see them finishing in second at this point in time. I think I think Minnesota is really the the team to beat right now. Obviously, Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers, so they're always going to be right there. But, man, you look at their roster right now and you look at the moves that they – I mean, let's just put it this way. Look at the moves they haven't made so far. Obviously, we still have the draft. But, oh, man, that defense is in some trouble. Their corners look bad. Uh, they, I mean, their defense as a whole is somewhat questionable. I get they added Wilkerson, but – and then even at receiver, I mean, you've got, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, who's kind of stepped up last year, and you've got Randall Cobb, they cut Jordy Nelson, I mean, they they have some holes running back, still a question mark at this point, offensive line is not nearly as stable as it has been in years past, and I think you just look at everything combined there with Green Bay, and to me, they're they are bound to really start taking a step back. And like I said, Rogers is still there uh, with Detroit, man. It's, it's just one of those, you don't know what you're going to get year in and year out. I really like the Matt Patricia hire. Uh, but I, I do think that when you really match these rosters up, I think, especially when the draft is all said and done, this little bit of projection on my part, but I, I do think that the bears are going to be in a good position to where, The teams two through four, especially, I think, are grouped much closer together than some people think they are. Um, I think at least third. I I think the Bears, like, and I've said this a few times, if the Bears don't finish at least eight and eight, uh, I I don't think this was a successful season for them. I think coaching, coaching was obviously a big one, but Trubisky's got to take a big step, and if he takes a big step, they're going to be a much better team. They already had a top ten defense, at least by the numbers. Uh, You you know, we can debate that or whatever may be, but. I think this is going to take pressure off the defense, uh, you know, with the offense being better. And I think just the overall product is going to make them a much more dangerous team. I'm not going to say that they're going to jump to 12-4, and and 11-5, whatever it may be. But I'm expecting them and probably the Packers to really, uh, you know, kind of race it out for uh, second place. And it wouldn't shock me if the Bears end up in second.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty uh, phenomenal in my book. I would not mind second place uh, whatsoever. It's been uh it's been a long time since we actually been in the upper echelon of uh, the NFC North, but uh Aaron, I'm actually going to go to you for the next question as well. And it comes from David uh cuz you mentioned the name that he wants to know about. Uh, Harold Landry. What are your thoughts? It seems like you're pretty high on him, so I want to know is 8 uh, a little bit too high or would you take him if uh if that's who the Bears have as their top edge rusher?
2: See, I like I like Landry. I think the the big thing for a lot of people right now is you look at 2016 versus 2017 and there is a lot of difference there and i and i think it depends on who you talk to quite frankly i'm not scared off by being six two and a half i think he's his his arm length is right about that threshold i think he's like one eighth of an inch away so if it's me personally and i'm looking at tape uh i see a lot more with landry than i do a guy like davenport uh the biggest thing with landry to me is the motor and it's so inconsistent so i think you're going to need the right coaching i think vic fangio is the kind of guy to get it out of him i think eight is a little questionable there but once again we're talking and let's just say you know those those three main guys outside of the quarterbacks are gone and you know let's just say they don't like edmonds or they don't want to go inside linebacker period and you're looking at a pass rusher if it's me personally i I prefer Landry over Davenport uh, just because I think Landry, in my mind, is a little safer. I think he's got a little bit, a uh, little bit safer of a floor. And I think the ceilings are pretty similar, but I think that his overall speed approach and what he's able to do is good. I know a lot of people are a little concerned that he may not be quite a three-down player because he doesn't play the run very well. But there were some concerns about that with Leonard Floyd as well. I think you just have to trust your good defensive coaching staff to really step in and be able to develop these guys into complete players. And if it's me, then I'm taking Landry.
0: All right, there we go. And Robert, over to you. This question comes from Matt. He wants to know, how comfortable would would you be uh, with the Bears trading up to five to get Bradley Chubb and then taking Billy Price at number 39?
1: Uh, I've been vocal that maybe Bradley Chubb isn't the ideal fit because I don't think he's a good enough athlete to drop back, but then you can kind of factor in that Pernell McPhee wasn't necessarily a great athlete when, uh, when, even when he was healthy before his knee injuries derailed him. And I wouldn't have a problem with that. That's a win. That's a win now move trading up for Bradley Chubb. That's, that's getting a pass rusher. That's an immediate impact player that probably gets you close to double digit sacks his first season. That's the ideal compliment based off of the way that the bears have previously structured their defensive roster under Vic Fangio as coordinator and, um, I mean, you're getting, again, you're getting a guy that's the best edge rusher. Admittedly, it is in a weak edge class, but he's the best edge rusher. Uh, And I I think anytime you can take a healthy Pernell McPhee type, if if the Bears had had a healthy Pernell McPhee, the defense would have performed much better the last three seasons. You can get that in Chubb. um, you, you, You run with that. That's a top 10 level player. That's a guy that you would. Readily take it at number five uh, and mortgage more of your future as much as many people might not agree with that. Uh, Billy Price depends on how he recovered from from, from his pectoral injury that he suffered at the combine. Um, I, by all accounts, it isn't very serious. He's but he probably won't necessarily be ready for all offseason activities. Maybe even miss the start of training camp. Um, but if they can get him on at some point uh, halfway through the season, if or if they have to rest him through, that's that's a guy that you can stash away. Then have a fantastic long term interior with Cody Whitehair, um, and depending on how Kyle recovers for a long time, so uh, that that would be one of those kind of ideal draft scenarios for the Bears because those are you, you have the best guy at his position in Chubb at, at the edge, and you have Price who um, is probably the best who's probably the best center in this draft, uh, a multi time All American, uh, and another guy who starts immediately. Uh, the the Bears should would, would should be very happy with that kind of haul.
0: Awesome. All right, so next question comes from Johnny. I'm going to go ahead and let both of you guys attack this one. Uh, he wants to know, who are your sleepers in the draft? And Robert, I know you just spoke, but right back to you.
1: Uh, I, I've talked about him often, but it, I, I, st- I still think the Bears need a tackle and a guy to develop uh, to eventually take over for Bobby Massey. One of my favorite sleepers to do that is a guy in Brandon Parker from North Carolina A&T if some fans aren't familiar that's the school that's where Reed Cohen came from another small school but they're clearly developing nfl level talent parker is a little raw but he has the athletic ability he has the general technique that you can you can envision him being a starter with a year of se- seasoning as a 6 foot 7 i think Off the top of my head, I remember that it's six foot seven, but it's like 315 pounds, 320 pounds. This is a guy that can take over for Massey, who was originally supposed to be your stopgap and not supposed to be here for three years. I I think having a guy like Parker in and 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 learning and and eventually being that long-term book end on the right side is the ideal. And he's not getting he's getting a lot of love. As a sleeper, but is still a sleeper. And I would really, I would really love like like an early day three pick for him to to take that, take care of that and, uh, and solidify that position at three years after the next season.
0: I like it. Actually, I like it a lot. All right, Aaron, how about you? Any sleepers?
2: Yeah, uh, well, first of all, Robert, very good pick. I'm a big fan of Parker as well. I think he's one of those guys, like you said, worst-case scenario, he he sits back and he develops for a year, but I think he's somebody that I think he may be a little bit more pro-ready than people think. Um, I'm not going to get quite as in-depth with Robert as Robert did on one guy. I'm just going to kind of throw out a few names and just kind of give some random thoughts. Sure. Uh, My first guy is going to be Chase Edmonds out of uh, Fordham uh, running back. I think that guy, I think he profiles very well, at least as a running back, too. Uh, I think he's somebody who could form into a starter depending on what they want to do. Somebody you can find and probably, uh, you know, round five or six. Um, another one is uh, Jack. I can't, I, and I, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but I'm going to give it a shot. Citchi, uh, the the linebacker out of Wisconsin. I think he's somebody who probably profiles more of his inside linebacker in a three, four scheme. Um, but he is also somebody who has, Um, Some pass rushing ability probably can get him in the, I'd say probably the fourth or fifth round, uh, you know, injuries have definitely held him back a little bit. Um, So those are two guys right there. And then I think my last guy um, is going to be Darius Fountain out of Northern Iowa. Uh, I mean, just looking at what, what he was able to do is testing numbers of different things. I think, that when you look at what the Bears is going to do at receiver, assuming that they match Cameron Meredith, obviously this all goes out the window if they don't, but I think that they're going to look for somebody like him or Vincent Smith, uh, who came out of limestone and who their, their receiver coach, uh, Mike Fury came from, I think you're going to see them go down a road like that. Even a Jonah Treneman more, maybe they're not the most polished guy, but a guy that can sit back in that wide receiver four or five role for the year and really develop and see what they have in the next few years. But I think, uh, you know, especially a guy like uh, a guy like Smith or, you know, my, my favorite would be fountain is you've got a lot to work with. You got speed uh, obviously, like I said, raw. So, you know, the, The the route running is obviously going to come with that. But I think when you're really looking at upside and what you want in a receiver, I think that those guys definitely fit uh, what Nagy's trying to run with the offense.
0: Yeah, awesome. Good stuff there, Aaron. And the final question, it's for Robert and it comes from Zachary. And he wants to know, since Leonard's your number one son, who are numbers two and three?
1: I could. I was looking for the tweet because I knew this was question was coming. But I was looking for the tweet <laughs> where I had the qualifications of what a, of what a bear needs to be a son, and you have to be un, You have to be twenty five or under when they acquire you. So either through the draft or free agency. So that eliminates guys like Akeem Hicks, who would be an obvious pick otherwise. Um, I don't think I ever officially solidified a number two guy. I, I, the obvious, the obvious pick that's young, that's still young, twenty-three years old is Trubisky. But that's that's the guy that everybody picks, right? That's the, that's that's the quarterback. That's the everyone person everyone adopts the face of the the ideal face of the franchise. So I'm gonna go with the new obvious pick, and Allen Robinson was twenty-four. I think he's going to have an explosive first year in Chicago, health permitted, obviously. And I think um, this is the kind of guy, based off of his personality, based off of how he carries himself, based off of his play as as an acrobatic uh, circus catch receiver at times, uh, that a lot of people will gravitate to. That I'll gravitate to, especially, and promote him a lot. I mean, he's probably he's definitely the number two. He's definitely the number two right now.
0: Awesome! Yeah, this question puts a smile on oh, my face right now. Uh, my son, he's uh, four, and he has a bunch of action figures and like stuffed bears. And every night he'll put them in his bed, and he's like, "This is my number one son. This is my number two son, and so on and so forth." So that question,
1: I, I do the same thing. I have like Leonard Floyd action figures and I, I have like, <laughs> Robinson action figures. So I do the same thing. It's fine.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. All right, guys, that's really all the time we have for today. So Aaron and Robert, I want to thank you both for taking the time and joining us. You know, it's been a real blast hearing your thoughts on all things Bears, chatting with you guys, catching up. So on behalf of the Bears brothers, as I'm the only one here and our listeners, I want to say thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for
2: having me. Yeah, Absolutely, man. Same same thing. It's uh, It's been fun. Hopefully we can do this again soon.
0: Of course. I mean, Aaron, you have to make number four coming up here real soon, hopefully.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. Just let me know.
0: Awesome. And if you want to check out their podcast as well, you can find Aaron on the Barryport podcast and Robert. He co-hosts WCG radio. So just look both up. You'll find them. You know, you're smart people. You have Google. You got that. And if you're still listening to this point, I have a special announcement for you. I've been wanting to say this the entire show. We're gonna have an extra episode this week. I haven't talked about it on Twitter, I haven't published it in our newsletter yet. It's gonna the actual episode's gonna publish on Thursday. We're gonna record it tomorrow night, but we're gonna be joined by another special guest, ESPN's Matt Bowen. He'll be on to preview the Bears and the NFL draft. So needless to say, we're all pretty excited over here. But until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>
2: Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.